Hey guys, welcome to a Light in the Darkness podcast. I'm Carly Robison. I'm a wife, a mother, and a person who's been suffering with severe health challenges for over 10 years. Through that time, I've had successes and failures while trying to maintain a positive attitude. Now I want to share what I've learned with you, hoping to make your hard times a little easier. This podcast is to help those of us facing times of darkness and trial find ways to let the light in. Hello. Today I'm recording a bonus episode of my Light in the Darkness podcast. It has been 12 long years since my younger sister, Brooke Jarrett, left this earthly life. This episode is airing on her angelversary. I wanted to talk about my sister's story for a few reasons. First of all, she suffered through mental health challenges for a lot of her life, and she ended up dying by suicide. Since that time, I've wanted to honor her by trying to help end the stigma of people suffering from mental health issues, and also open up about how suicide affects family members, so that hopefully, if I know anyone who is feeling suicidal, or if this podcast can reach somebody I don't know that is feeling suicidal, I really hope that they can think of me and of how hard my life has been without my sister here with me. And I hope that they know that they have someone in their life who would feel the exact same way. Secondly, I understand that each trial I've been through has shaped me into who I am. As I talk on this podcast, I draw upon my experiences to relate to my guests and my audience, you guys, and also to offer thoughts and advice on how to face difficult things. So by sharing this part of my story, I hope that those of you listening will be able to face the difficult things you're going through in your own lives as well. I've honestly never been one who was blessed with a good memory. My sister, Brooke, was the opposite. She could remember every detail. As I've had all of my health problems and had to take massive amounts of Benadryl to help with my allergic reactions, I feel like my memory has gotten even worse. In fact, they've actually done studies that have linked Benadryl use to early onset Alzheimer's, so we for sure know that it affects the brain and memory somehow. Anyways, I've thought and I've prayed to know how best to tell my sweet sister's story, to honor her and to put a face on the word suicide or mental health. I decided I would tell her story like the little snapshots of her life that constantly come up in my mind and heart. Brooke and I are just 20 months apart. Even though our personalities are pr pretty different, we've always been close. The first snapshot that comes to mind are actual snapshots when we were pretty young. Brooke has always been beautiful. She was born with huge brown eyes and beautiful blonde hair. She always had a pensive personality. She was taking in her surroundings and just thinking from very, very young. Those are my earliest memories of Brooke. Fast forward a few years, I remember playing at our house in Murray, Utah. Our playroom was in the little room under the stairs. We sat at that wooden kids' table for hours, coloring, having tea parties, and even listening to records on our Fisher-Price record player. I began taking piano lessons, and Brooke 
began taking flute lessons. And let's just say that Brooke excelled at flute quite a lot faster than I excelled at piano. Brooke was so dedicated and loved practicing. And I remember my mom getting after me a time or two or 100,000 for not practicing when I needed to. Fast forward a few years more, and we lived in South Jordan, Utah, and I have the fondest memories of making music with my sisters. Besides Brooke, we have another sister named Ashley, who is two years younger than Brooke, and Ashley has a beautiful singing voice, and there were so many wonderful days spent with my sisters practicing songs that we were going to perform at a church program or a baptism. Um, When we got a little older, we even started putting on Christmas programs for people in retirement centers um, or people having Christmas parties. And those are honestly some of my fondest memories of growing up, Um, spending that time with my sisters, testifying of the Savior and of his love for us and our love for him. The next memory isn't quite as happy of a memory. It was when Brooke was in junior high, and I don't remember the exact age. I feel like I've kind of forgotten this memory on purpose, and so it's a very blurry snapshot, but it was the first time that my sister attempted suicide. I remember how scared I was that she could have died and how much I wanted to help her and take her pain away. Brooke and I have always been so close and it was a real hard thing to begin to understand that I didn't know her, this part of her. and There wasn't a lot that I could do for her. I'm so grateful that There is a lot more awareness about mental health now and how to help people who are suicidal because at that time it just, the resources weren't there for us and for her. The next snapshot in my mind is when Brooke was 15 and I was 17. We had the opportunity to travel to Spain together and we lived there with a family for a month in the summer. We had so many fun adventures there, and they're going to be memories that I will treasure in my heart forever. One of the most treasured memories that I have from that time was a simple one of us eating dinner together in the house that we were staying in. I am an extremely picky eater, and I was feeling really bad for not eating the food that our hostess had provided us every night. One night, I remember being offered a seared tuna steak that was raw on the inside. I tried a couple bites to be gracious, but I was getting so sick to my stomach. When our hostess left the room, Brooke forced down my raw fish that she didn't really like either so that I didn't have to eat it. She was always trying to serve other people and make them happy. Brooke saved me from embarrassment that night, and I'll always remember it. The next snapshot is when I was attending Weber State University. I had heard that Brooke had attempted to commit suicide again and that she was going to be going to 
um, a place called Uni at the University of Utah. And it's a place that keeps people who are suicidal safe so that they can start to get help and feel better when they're having a mental health crisis. And this was the first time I think that Brooke had visited this type of a place. And it was really hard for me to not be there with my family, even though I was only an hour away. Um, I felt very alone. And I remember really crying a ton during one of my classes and talking to one of my professors after and how much they comforted me in knowing that we just don't know a lot about mental health. And I was feeling guilty that I wasn't being a good enough sister, but he really helped for me through that time. And as I look back on things, I am grateful for that experience. I'm grateful that Brooke was able to spend some time getting help. And I'm grateful for the ability of me realizing how important it is to me to talk to people when I'm struggling, because I think that's something a lot of us have a hard time with. And um, it really did make me feel so much better. Over the next few years, I don't really know the exact number of times that my sister tried to commit suicide. Um, For her, every time that she did, it was a cry for help. She was facing demons that I know nothing about, and she was trying her hardest to deal with the pain in the ways that she knew she could. And if you looked at her on the outside, so many people were just shocked when she finally passed away at 29 years old. And because on the outside, it seemed like she had the most amazing life. She is so beautiful. She has a vivacious personality. She lights up a room. She is so loving and caring. And um, we will be sharing some memories from a lot of different people at the end of this podcast. And you guys will get to know that part of her. But I just wanted to mention right now that she is the face of suicide. And it can be anybody, anybody that you know that's struggling. And That's why it's so important. Um, Tomorrow, I'm going to have an interview with somebody who lost her 16-year-old son to suicide. And she shares a lot of the things that she has learned and a lot of the different strategies that we didn't know when Brooke was that age. And one of the biggest things that they've learned is that connection saves lives and I think that people around Brooke really did try to have that connection, but for whatever reason, she ended up retreating farther and farther inside herself to a place that I think she just couldn't escape from. 
So as time went on, I ended up getting married. I ended up having kids. I remember when my first daughter was born, Brooke worked at Nordstrom, and you would not believe all of the clothes that my sweet little baby girl had. Brooke loved to buy surprises for the children, and she loved to spend time with them. One of the last memories that I have with my kids and her, um, I have four children, and when she passed away, the oldest was eight or nine, and the youngest was almost two, I think. And um, she was working at Macy's at the time, and Macy's was doing a back-to-school fashion show, and they had asked Brooke to participate in it because, like I said, she's beautiful. And so she asked them, my kids, to be in the back-to-school fashion show also. And we got to go to Macy's and go shopping with her and pick out some outfits that they got to model. And then they got to use the escalator as a runway and go down the escalator with Brooke and together. And they just kind of felt like superstars. And I just remember how happy she was and how happy they were and just how much she loved my kids. This has been a lot more difficult than I anticipated it being. It has been 12 years, but I miss her just as much today as I did then. And it's been wonderful thinking of all these happy times, but it's also really difficult to think of the difficult times. But I felt that it was important to share these with you so that you can hear, first of all, how tormented my sister was with her mental health issues. And you can hear how much her family loves her. And I hope that that it can help somebody to know that your family's life is not going to be better if you're not here. It's not going to be easier for them. And they would wish you were here every day, every minute. Um, I do feel like I want to share a little bit about the day that Brooke died. And it's not something that I've shared much at all. Um, it's not something that I like to dwell on. But again, I am trying really hard to be able to spread awareness. And so I'm trying to be vulnerable. So Brooke and I did a lot of things together. Um, I tried to keep her involved because she loved being with the kids. I tried to um, give her activities and things to look forward to because I know that when she was not doing well, that those kinds of things helped her tremendously. And We had invited her over. We were having just a little party for Halloween and going to be taking the kids trick-or-treating. And my brother and his wife had come and um, Brooke was going to be coming. And I remember that she called and told me that she wasn't feeling well and that she wasn't going to be able to make it. And 
At the time, I felt sad and in my mind wondered if she actually was, you know, getting sick, coming down with something, or if she was feeling depressed. And I didn't reach out to her the next day. And I think it's a slippery slope when somebody passes away by suicide. Um, I try really hard not to dwell on the would have, could have, should have, because quite honestly, my sister was very ready to go this time. Um, it was different. And my parents um, were out of town visiting our other sister, and Brooke lived in a basement apartment in their home. And they had come home on November 2nd and found her. Um, she was still breathing and that started a horrific chain of events that with an ambulance being called and us going to the hospital, meeting my parents there. And it was an excruciatingly painful time, but it was also a tremendously spiritual time. And we were able to spend the time together. My sister never had woken up again. Um, they did different measures trying to save her life. And she had done a few different things this time. And like I said, was just ready to go. And I remember the next few days just being a blur. My sister left a note um, that was so painful to read her thinking that she didn't want to be the crazy aunt anymore and her thinking that we would be better off without her. She also, in True Brook fashion, had a very specific list of things for us to do, including singing songs at her funeral and what she wanted to wear and the statement that she wanted to make with the outfit and um, I remember her having a list of people that she wanted notified that she was gone and having to make those phone calls to people that she loved and I loved, telling them that my sister had passed on from this earthly life. I remember going to the funeral home and trying to pick out with my parents, a casket for a 29-year-old when they all looked like grandma. And none of them felt right. And none of them felt good enough. And none of it felt fair. I remember participating in her funeral. And my sister Ashley and I had sung a song that she had requested we sing. It was called, I Surrender All. And I want to say a few words from, from the song because I do believe that this is kind of her final testimony to us. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee my blessed Savior, 
I surrender all. Twelve years ago today, my sister lost her battle with depression. It's been 12 years since I've seen her smile. 12 years since I looked into her beautiful brown eyes. 12 years since I watched her lovingly play with my children. It's also been 12 years since I noticed fresh cuts on her arms. 12 years since I got a phone call at 1 a.m. telling me she needed me. 12 years since I wished so badly that she could see how many people love her and realize she wasn't a burden to us. Depression is a real thing. People battling depression cannot simply will away their pain. And it's a struggle every minute of every day. I wish she were here so much. If any of you are battling with depression, I beg you to get help. Reach out to me. Reach out to a family member. There are so many ways doctors and counselors can help you to find you again. Your family and friends love you. Their lives will not be better without you. And I'm here if you ever want to talk. Brooke was a poet. Brooke was a writer. Brooke was very, very intelligent. For the rest of this podcast episode, I am going to be sharing memories from loved ones and family members and friends of my sweet sister. But the first memory that I want to share is a poem that she wrote when she was attending Westminster College in Utah. It's called Varieties of Song. There is a bird song, certain forests capture, a meadowlark's carefree trills falling from treetops. There is the quiet song of a mother's airy voice whispering a tranquil lullaby to carry her child to sleep. And there is a seductive siren song that echoes through oceans like a tantalizing death trap. There is a song of hatred, of discomfort, a song whose notes are knives, and a silent song after the final note of a symphony, when pounding hearts speak louder than applause. There is a song in sunrises, in waterfalls, in unified voices bringing order to chaos, and there is the transient, changeable soliloquy, a song of self that cannot be contained indefinable emotions. That is how I feel about my sister. She is a variety of song. She is a song that cannot be contained in definable emotions. And my love for her cannot be measured. And I can't wait for the day when I get to see her again. The first memory I want to share is from our cousin, Cosette Jarrett, and she voice recorded it, so I will include that here. So it's been 12 years since she passed away, but Brooke is still one of the most thoughtful and kindest and um, most caring people I have ever met in my life. Um, 
she constantly made efforts to make other people feel like they were included and welcomed and cared for. Um, her compassion is something that I've always looked up to. And, you know, that, that counts even when I was a bratty middle schooler wrapped up in my own little trivial dramas. I still in some way noticed um, what an incredible human she was. Uh, one of the moments of the many, many that I can recall when um, she looked after my sister and myself at a family get together was um, when we went to a family reunion in Moab. So as the host, uh, my dad had already gone and made the drive up to Moab to prepare for the event. Um, but Kirstie and I had to wait until the weekend before we could go. Uh, we had dance classes and all kinds of stuff going on, and we just couldn't leave quite yet. Um, so we planned to drive with our Uncle Arlen and Aunt Jody and also Brooke. Um, Brooke picked us up from our home, and we were going to go meet Arlen and Jody at their house. Um, but before we went to their place to make the drive together, uh, Brooke presented us with these bags. And they were, first of all, these really cute bags that were just totally perfect for um, girls of my sister and my age. Um, but once you open the bags, you realize that she put a lot of time and effort into um, giving us something that would keep us entertained on the drive and help us have fun. Um, it was full of, the bags were full of uh, pens and stickers and markers and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and, you know, at the time, I was really excited and thought it was fun and realized that she had put a lot of effort in and was excited to kind of dive into the bag. But um, now I really realize the deeper meaning behind something like that and what it meant for Brooke. You know, we were um, two young girls who were heading out with uh, a different family, taking a long drive um, to Moab without our parents for the first time. And, yeah, we were probably both a little nervous, you know, going with um, going on a big drive without people, without our parents for the first time. And she went above and beyond to make us feel um, welcomed and included and to make sure that we had fun. Um, and, you know, I look back and I just think that was <laughs> even more meaningful now um, than it was at the time. Um, but that's just really one example of Brooke being Brooke. She was one of the most incredible humans. And um, she always went above and beyond to make others feel like they were cared for and included. Um, I sometimes think that I um, would appreciate her even more now. Um, I wish I would have realized how special she was uh, when I had the chance to tell her. Um, I, I always knew she was special, but I just, I never did tell her, and I do wish I would have. Um, she was beautiful and kind to everybody and extremely intelligent. Um, just a really rare type of person that I feel lucky to have known. Uh, though she left us all a little too soon, well, a lot too soon, um, I believe she still watches over us. Her her presence is here. Um, I think she's acknowledging all of the good that we do and that she's encouraging us all to be a little kinder and more thoughtful um, in the moments where we can and where there's opportunity to be better. Um, I do think that... You know, there, there's a lot that was kind of, we, we'll never know what she would have done over the past, over a decade, um, that she hasn't been with us and the impact that she would have had, which I have no doubt would have been amazing. Um, but I do think that we can honor Brooke and her memory and um, everything that she cared about and wanted for the world by taking little moments, like um, her putting together those bags too make other people feel special and welcomed and loved and cared for. And I do think that it's a reminder to 
be more like Brooke every day and every moment that we can. The next memory is from Kim Glover, and she and her sister Kelly um, are friends of ours that lived in Arizona, and Brooke and I have so many amazing memories of spending time with them in Arizona, and um, so I'll do Kim first and then Kelly, just some of their memories. Kim said, for some reason, I have all these memories, but I'm having a hard time putting them in words. My eyes still fill with tears when I think of the amazing person that Brooke was and how she was taken from us far too early. I don't know that I can share one favorite memory, which I know is what you're asking for. Your family was such a big part of our family's lives for so many years. It's like one big memory, the laughing. There was always laughing when Brooke was around. Silly faces, silly stories, her big eyes, our matching neon clothes and fanny packs, our Cabbage Patch kids when we were younger, listening to the Jarrett's sing, play and sing could stop a room. It was one of my favorite things. So I guess I don't really have a favorite memory. Over the years, I guess my heart has clumped it all together in a big compilation of someone who could light up a room without trying. I mean, my kids' names are Ashley and Carly. That definitely says something about the impact your family had on me growing up. But there will always be only one Brooke. And just so you know, Ashley is our other sister's name. So I've always thought that was so sweet for Kim. And what a, what a beautiful statement to say that there will always only be one Brooke. And here is her sister Kelly's memory. I'm kind of in the same boat as Kim. I don't have one memory that jumps out at me, but I, when, I, when I think of Brooke, I think of the times you guys came to visit us in Arizona. Matching clothes, fluorescent swimsuits, and so many laughs. Going to Rawhide and having each other arrested and swimming were some of our favorite things to do. So many laughs. And Rawhide was just, um, uh, they made it like a, old west town and so they would pretend to have us arrested and then we had to get bailed out it was pretty fun so we love the glover family thank you so much for sharing your memories guys the next memory is from brooke's friend becca and it's interesting becca was one of the people that i had to call after brooke passed away i had never met her and it was so difficult to tell this complete stranger um that her friend had passed away and my sister, you know, I was so caught up in emotions anyway, but Becca and I have become friends since then. And she has been so sweet and so supportive of me and my family and, um, has been a really great friend to me too. So I'm so grateful for Brooke and that she brought us together and I'm thankful for Becca sharing her memory. She wrote it as if she was talking to Brooke she said, I keep looking through my boxes. Somewhere I have a photo of you in the beautiful skirt. I can't remember the details of it. Besides, it was long and it twirled. We had gone to shop in Great Barrington and come home with a few lovely items that made us feel amazing for a moment. We sat outside on lounge chairs in the early summer sun we took some photos and our, imagined ourselves ladies from a past era without a care. We escaped our inner torments in that moment. 
The details are a bit blurry as the time moves on, but the feeling of those moments of freedom are clear. Thank you, Becca. The next memory that I want to share is from our cousin, Kirsty, and um, this is what she wrote. I remember the last time I saw Brooke. She called me out of the blue in the middle of the night to tell me that she was thinking about me and how much I loved my little sister, how she had always thought that was so admirable and sweet. This was confusing to me because she was the epitome of love for her sisters, her family, and for people in general. I was definitely not the only person who felt that way about her. Confusion aside, I knew one thing. Brooke needed someone. I drove over to her house immediately. I nearly had a heart attack when she didn't answer the door on the first ring, but thankfully she responded to the second. I gave her a big hug and I asked if she was okay, to which she replied, of course, how are you? We started talking and eventually found ourselves sitting on the floor just in front of the door, camped out like little kids. It seemed like we talked about everything that night, light, serious, happy, and sad. I wish I could remember the specifics of the conversation, but there was so much that all I can really remember was that it felt good just to talk to her. Finally, around what must have been 3 or 4 a.m., we decided to get some sleep. We can sleep in my parents' bed, Brooke said with a huge, bright smile on her face. It's the comfiest. So we slept in her parents' giant, very comfy bed. I had to leave for school before she woke up. She texted me later in the day to apologize for acting crazy, to tell me she was totally fine and that I shouldn't worry about her, and also to invite me to make Halloween treat bags for the trick-or-treaters the following weekend. She said she would call me when she had everything and was ready to put the bags together. She never did call. The following weekend was the weekend when she took her life. To this day, One of my biggest regrets is that I didn't try harder to make those damn Halloween treat bags happen. I don't know if it would have made a difference. I shudder when I think that maybe it would have. But I guess that's exactly what you're not supposed to do when someone dies, especially by suicide. You're not supposed to think that you could have done anything to change what happened. Still, sometimes I do, and I miss her all the time. I still don't know or understand why she called me that night instead of one of the many other amazing people who loved her, but I'm forever grateful that she did. I will cherish that memory for the rest of my life. Kirsty, thank you so much. Hearing and reading all of these memories has been really special for me because most of these are things that I've never heard before. And so it's like I'm living her life vicariously for a little bit. I love learning new things about her and hearing different stories. The next memory is from my husband, Brandon Robison. He said, I loved how Brooke loved poetry and art. It was always fun to talk with her about a poem or an artistic photograph. She was always so kind to me and her silly sense of humor was pretty awesome. When Carly and I were first married, we were eating dinner at the Jarrett's home. During the prayer at dinner, Brooke put her hand on my knee under the table. I didn't know what to do. She had a good laugh out about it. She was the best. (laughs) 
The next memory is from um, our mom's cousin, Pat. And Brooke and Pat, even though they had a little bit of an age difference, um, were always kindred spirits and they always had such fun adventures. So um, Pat recorded a message to share and I'll play it now. I could hardly wait to hear from Brooke when she had one of her little cockamamie ideas and she would call me with an event we could go to or something fun we could do. And I was just so lucky to be her little kindred cousin. It was an amazing experience. I miss her so much. Anyway, here are some of the fun memories I have of her. She would always figure out some kind of an event to go to, like especially when she was at Westminster. If there was a poet coming or if there was an event to go to or a celebration, she would say, let's go to it and let's dress up. Oh, yeah, dress up. In fact, the red boas were a very big hit on Valentine's Day. One time we went to Gap. Before we went somewhere and bought those funny, crazy hats with the big earmuffs on them, and we had to wear them all over. Whatever we did, it was just so fun and out out of my comfort zone a little bit. When, when she would come to see me, she would bring something like crazy little tarot cards, pretend like she knew how to do them, and, um, or her favorite book, The Little Prince, we read together a couple of times. Um, we went out to eat. We went to a movie at the Egyptian theater. I never said no to Brooke, and it was just a wonderful experience to know her and be part of her crazy, uh, inventive ideas. What a gifted person she was with, with language and words and thoughts. Just so gifted and so smart. We had a wonderful several years together. Thank you all for listening today. Um, as I've kind of taken a little trip down memory lane, um, there's been some really wonderful memories to think about and some really hard ones too. And like I said, I, I truly hope that the things that can come out of this bonus episode of my podcast... Um, First of all, just for more people to get to know my amazing, wonderful sister. And it's a pity that you didn't get to meet her if you didn't, because the world was a better place when Brooke Jarrett was in it. I know that she would want to spread awareness. She was always fighting for people's rights and for understanding things that maybe we didn't understand. And I think that mental health is one of these things that when she passed away, we just really didn't know a lot about it. But things are different now and people can get help and people can know that they're not alone. And it's my hope that through this podcast episode that if you've been touched by it or that you can share it with somebody that maybe you think needs to hear it. Choose to stay. Choose to get help. Choose to connect and talk to somebody. For the last memory on this podcast honoring my sister, Brooke Jarrett, I asked our cousin, Jodell, 
to, she is also blessed, like my sister, with the ability to write that is just unmatched. It's so beautiful. And she has written poems as our grandparents have passed away. And so I asked her to write a poem for Brooke, and she recorded it, and that will be the last thing that I play. Thank you so much for listening to the bonus episode of my A Light in the Darkness podcast. We'll see you here tomorrow. Brooke in Eight-Part Harmony by Jodel Guilman Park. Brooke's deep brown eyes and warm smile came with her from heaven. She could soften hearts, calm the anxious, and say I love you with one simple look, a gift of her gentle soul. Brooke loved everyone, No judgment, no conditions, just love with her whole heart. No one is born a bigot. Be good to each other. I will show you how. Her curiosity and hunger for learning led her to discover Maya Angelou and Sylvia Plath. Countless books and an endlessly impressive vocabulary became synonymous with Brooke. Reflective and thoughtful with her words, a learner and a teacher at the same time. Lighthearted fun with Mary Inglebright, Hello Kitty, and Caro Caro Karapi were odes to joy in Brooke's life. Their whimsy made her happy. Paper dolls and egg McMuffins make the list too. Easy and uncomplicated and forever tender reminders of her. With a flair for fashion, Brooke quietly dazzled a room in sky-high heels and hats, sundresses and sunglasses. Always kind and unpretentious, her colors danced about, softly reflecting the light that was within her. Prisms of beauty, rainbows of hope. Poetry churned inside of Brooke. It ebbed and flowed through her effortlessly, seeing feeling, hurting, giving, her heart felt life profoundly, line upon line, verse after verse, a pen to the paper and the birth of a poem, life in ink. Daughter, sister, aunt, friend, cherished roles for Brooke, relationships that gave her strength and meaning, Opportunities to spoil beloved nieces and nephews. Laughter and silliness and making memories and connections that are always there, even still. Conversations that linger and change us all. She carried the strength and resilience of a fighter and the grace and elegance of a queen. Soft but tough, gentle but fierce perfectly juxtaposed, the yin and yang of Brooke. And so, what of her music? It still plays. It's the symphony that makes you cry in its exquisiteness. She is the melody you never forget and keep humming over and over to yourself. She is the flute solo that captures the audience with its ethereal resonance. Darkness, light, love, resolution.
Brooke. I want to give a special thanks to my son Carter for recording and writing our intro and outro music for this podcast. If you want to hear more of his music, you can find him on Instagram at carterguitar456. 